Welcome, church. And it's online, but welcome. We had some technical issues, and Yvonne came to the rescue with a few psalms. Uh, great to see Walking by Faith. Look, um, let's pray first. Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the word today, this morning. That it's not my words, Lord, but your words. Holy Spirit, give me the utterance, the words to speak to everybody that's listening out there in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, before I start getting into the message, I, I just want to share actually this morning came into my heart that I know the last few weeks and the last year, it's, it's a time of our life that we, 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 never, we never really thought in a million years would happen that we'd be locked down. Um, but I just want to encourage you this morning. You know, you, you might be feeling the pinch economically at home with, with work, with business, relationships, we're all together and we're, we're really like in each other's sort of laps and we're not used to this. And our, our rushed life, like every day, we're, we're, you know, Sydney's a type of place where we're always, you know, we need 28 hours in a 24-hour day to, to do everything. But maybe right now in this sort of lockdown, you can turn around and look at, look at God, come back to God, you know, refresh yourself in Him. Uh, get encouraged, say, Father, you know, forgive me for my sins. I, I want to come and, and get that fire back, that passion, come back to Jesus. I just, just wanted to encourage you there in, in that before um, I continue. Now let's um, look, you know, when you're born again and you've given your heart to Jesus, he forgives you of all your sins. You're, you're a new creation in Christ. I opened that like that last time when I was preaching. See Colossians 1, 13 to 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. See, he forgives us. You know, when we become Christians, we have this, all of a sudden we're awakened to the love of God. And not only that we're awakened to the love of God, but we also have this, this love for our neighbours. And that's a command that Jesus gave, to love God with all your heart and love your neighbours as you do yourself. But he also gave us a command in the, in the Lord's Prayer when he said, how do we pray? Is he gave us a command to forgive one another. And that's what I'm going to share today about, forgiveness. I, well, I didn't have a title, but if there was a title for today's message would be, we must love to forgive. So that just sort of came up now, praise God. So now I just want to talk talk about a little bit of uh, a story about a fellow called Joseph. Like if you've got a pen, you can actually write scriptures as I go through. I didn't give it to the sound desk at the back. But a fellow called Joseph, you see this in Genesis 37. He was the youngest son of Jacob at the time. And he had 10 older brothers. Now, Joseph had a dream. And God gave him this dream of greatness, that he was going to be great. He shared this dream with his brothers. And it didn't go down too well. You know, they were all already jealous of him because Jacob loved him so much um, and favoured his younger son that it didn't go down too well. He even got rebuked by his father. So one day the ten brothers were out there tending to the flock of sheep 
And Jacob said to Joseph, go and see how the um, your brothers are doing, how they're faring. So on approach, the brothers see him and think, oh, here comes that dreamer. Why, why don't we just kill him? Let's just murder him. Oh, isn't that great? Your brother's having murderous thoughts, you know, to the youngest in the family just because he had that dream that God gave him. So on approach, he comes in, and one of the brothers turn around and say, look, let's not kill him and have blood on our hands. So they throw him into a hole, and they go and have lunch. That's beautiful. Throw your brother in a hole, and let's have lunch and discuss how we're going to get rid of him. Just just marvellous. Then they decide, let's tear his coat up, go give it to our father and say he got mauled by some beasts. But as they were contemplating what to do, a slave trader comes past and they just decide, well, let's not have blood on our hands, let's sell him off. It's, the story's getting better and better. Um, so he gets sold to slavery and he ends up in Egypt. He gets sold to Potiphar, a governor of, of, of the house of Egypt there. And one thing you've got to understand, throughout this so far, there's, no, there's nothing in the Bible that says he's protested, he screamed and yelled and swore and told them, I'll get you guys back. You know, you guys are, are so-and-sos, you throw me in a hole, you, you rip my clothes. And, I mean, was he a stupid man? He couldn't talk for himself? But I, I, I believe strongly that he held on to the word of God through his dream that there was going to be greatness in his life. But he just continued to be obedient to that word. So now he gets sold to, um, to, to Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife, he's now ruler of his household. Potiphar's wife now, Joseph was an attractive man. He, she decides, I want to have some sexual affairs with this fellow. Now, if it doesn't get any worse, she grabs him. He runs away. His robe's in her hand. And he's, an, he's a decent man of God. Now, she accuses him of sexual assault and rape. Now, where does he end up? In jail. Well, God, you gave me a vision for my life and, and greatness, and it's been bad, 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 bad. You know, what kind of a God are you? But he didn't. You know, he went to jail. Again, there was no protest. You know, there was no, I didn't do it, and... It doesn't say that he was so angry that he was going to get everybody back. See, where am I going with this? I don't know. No, I do know. See, he's, in, he's imprisoned unfairly. He didn't complain. He didn't protest. He didn't scream. Why? Because he was obedient to the word of God by faith. See, here is a fellow that he's been faithful and obedient to God he didn't have the words of Jesus like we have now that we can build up our faith. He wasn't sealed with the Holy Spirit promise like we are now. So we have got so many tools in our sort of arsenal to fight times like this, to, to be able to forgive. So praise God. And imagine this, after 13 years of jail and all this, and even when he gave a prophecy to the fellow that was in the jail, and he said, oh, remember me when you go and see Pharaoh that, you know, I was the one that gave you the, 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 the prophecy. The bloke forgets about him. So he spends another two years in there. So then he becomes second in charge of all of the land of Egypt to Pharaoh. Now, his brothers were in a famine. And this is where the word of God materializes and it comes to fruition. They come to buy food from Joseph. 
And now he's got the power. He could have turned around and said, look, you guys, you know, you did this and that to me. You hurt me. I never saw my father again. I never saw my younger brother being born. This is what I'm going to do to you guys. He could have had revengeful thoughts to them, put them in prison. But instead he blesses them. He says, keep your money. Here's some food. And he was angry, but that anger did not turn into sin. So I just wanted to share how how is people in your life, what circumstances are you going through right now that you that you know you're asked to forgive? Are you in that situation? You've been thrown in a hole, abandoned. You know you feel like your relationship is on wit's end, sort of thing. And I've been praying, I've been believing, but this circumstance doesn't change. I feel like I'm a bit like Joseph, locked up, and I don't have that freedom. I, don't, I, I just you know, I just can't breathe. Is there people in your life you need to forgive? Just ask the question this morning. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting down at home. There isn't much to do. But let, let's start clearing our hearts out. You know, your heart is where the, all the issues of life stem out of. I mean, how many times do I have to forgive? How many times does that person have to speak to me so unkindly at work or at home, you know, well, it's a good thing you asked me how many times to forgive. We'll go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. This is a parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Well, he's just pulling out his chest. Seven times I can forgive my brother. Look how good I am. And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, that would have blown him out of the water then. You know, 70 times seven. My math isn't that great, but 490 times a day. Oh, in our life, you only have to look at me the wrong way and I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to come to church anymore and I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to. They upset me. They looked at me the wrong way. They said things I shouldn't be hearing you know this is this is let's do what this is written in red by the way this is jesus talking not me therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and when he began to settle accounts one was brought to him he owed him 10,000 talents now let me just 10,000 talents um you know, like I thought talents meant how good you were and what gifts you had, but this is actually money he's talking about. And when you look at 10,000 talents, you can go do the maths and go and do the history, but that 10,000 talents equates to $100 million. But as we, but as he was not able to pay his master, commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that they had and that payment be made. Well, can you pay back a hundred million dollars? The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released and forgave him the debt. Praise God. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and a hundred denarii equates to about 200 bucks. And took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. 
So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And when and and he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. See, right there and then, I'll just stop there for a second. That ten that ten thousand talents, which I said is a hundred million dollars, is something we cannot pay back. That's how that's how much God has forgiven us. But when he talks about the two hundred dollars or the the hundred denarii, that's what God expects us to forgive people. See, it's little compared to that in contrast with what God's forgiven us. You know, praise God. Let me continue with the scripture. So when his fellow servants saw that what had been done, they were very grieved and came, you know, there wasn't much justice here, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And this is the next two verses are powerful. And his master was angry and delivered him into the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. See, this this is powerful. You know, look, you're going to give an account one day to God. He's going to expect you to forgive your brother. You know, the Bible says, you know, there's, there's not a mathematical formula for, you know, seven times 70. It just, forgiveness and love go hand in hand. And the, and the sad thing about this story is, is that, you know, the, the, the guy that owed a lot was forgiven and then he goes and finds the bloke that, that owed him money and he throws him into jail. So at the end of this story, you find both of them are in jail. So no one has really won out of this. They're both, they're both in trap and one's going to be tortured. So praise God, you know, unforgiveness clogs the channel of communication and sanctification between you and God. You know, this is the thing. You want to, you want your, you know, the Bible, I'm not going to come to that. I'm going to be jumping. But the Bible says, you know, that Jesus said in a John 7, 37 to 39, that rivers of living water will flow out of you. For those who believe, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll come to that now. I'm just jumping. I'm getting like, like Yvonne said, I'm on the blocks. I'm ready to go. I, I think I've just overtaken myself. Um, praise God. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. See, be tender-hearted. So when you have unforgiveness, it hardens your heart. Now, God in Christ. Christ is not Jesus' surname. Oh, Mr. Jesus Christ, would you please come to the foyer? No, Christ is the anointing, the anointing. Now, the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage on your life. But that's what I mean. You have to factor into that anointing by getting Jesus to, to abide in you, have that relationship. You know, people have this microwave mentality of God. You know, oh, I forgave them and, 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 and you know, no, God, you haven't come through. It, it's all, oh, I'm not going to believe in this anymore. 
But praise God, the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Tender-hearted, you know. It just came to me, Mark chapter four, when the when Jesus says, "The sower sows the seed." If the seed is on hard, stony ground for a time, there you you get excited about the word, but then because it's not tender and it's not pliable, the birds of the air, the enemy comes and steals that word. So all of a sudden, it's taken no root. It's not going to produce fruit in your life. You know, love covers a multitude of sins. We're moving right along here. You know, I just want to share with Jesus, his last hours and his last days. You know, look, look, at, look at this. He, he's in the garden there and, you know, Judas, one of his ministers, also his treasurer, you know, betray him. But while he was in the garden, he turned around and said to his disciples, please, just stay up with me, pray with me, um, be with me. I'm going through a bit of a, an issue here, you know, like um, it's sort of the last, the last hours of my life sort of thing. Stay up and support me through prayer. Instead, they fell asleep. Then all of a sudden, the religious people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and Sadducees, sometimes in this day and age, we call them the wouldn't sees and the couldn't sees. They couldn't see and they wouldn't see. But right now, he's in, he's in a real hard place. So they take him to the governor. Along the way, they spit on him. They slap Jesus. Praise God. And, he, and he's there in front of Pilate. So he's got an opportunity right there and then to turn around and say, look, I've been ridiculed, I've been spat on, I've been slapped, I've been betrayed. There's no support. And I've got whipped 39 times by this governor. Look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring the angels of God down and I'm going to show you all. I'm going to show you all not to pick on me. You know, what did he say? Look, right then and there, he was gonna—he was feeling the, the unimaginable pain that he was going to endure on that cross of sickness, disease, of everybody's sin. Just, you, you, can't, you can't fathom that. But what did he do? Vengeance is mine, saith God. He didn't, he didn't act revenge. This is what he said in Luke 23, 24. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Forgive them for they do not know what they do. You know, what would you have done? You know, there's a lot of people that are in authority now and they would lo- they love to rule over people. They'd love to put them in their place. Jesus, the King of Kings, says, forgive them. In Luke 6, 27, he says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. And, oh, 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 you know, don't believe in the Bible because that's just the, you know, man wrote that. Which man loves their enemies? Tell me. This is a God-inspired book. It's got power in it. And it's time for us as Christians to apply it to our lives. You know, the bust, I mean, the, the, the Bible says that we to imitate Christ. See, we're a people, we're... We're a new creation, and a new creation, we have to walk in his precepts. You know, we have to, and we want to, not just have to. 
See, unforgiveness is a bondage. You know, it keeps you bitter. It keeps you angry. It affects you, you know, your trust. See, it leads to fear and anxiety. It's a bad seed in your life. You know, and, and at the end it leads to sicknesses. It'll choke the word of God. You know, last week, Pastor Nuno said the storms of life hit. Where's your trust? What are you pinning your trust on? Mark eleven twenty five twenty six, And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Anything. Not just some things. Anything. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. See, the, the epistle of John says, how can you say you love God who you can't see but you don't love your brother who you can see. See, this is powerful. You know, oh, I love God, but I don't like him. You know, this is, um, how am I doing for time? Good? Yeah, so praise God. Now, look, I shared on John seven thirty seven. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to those who believe. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, unforgiveness is a poison. Now, I just want to share a little story, and I've got a few testimonies today to back up. See, we have testimonies in our life because God has come in and and done things. This story isn't my testimony. It's a story I heard. In Africa, some time ago, there was a community that relied on the river system for their water supply. But what happened was, all of a sudden, when these villages were wasn't the village people, but these villagers were, you know, drinking from this water, which was clean and fresh all the time. They started getting sick. Um, the water was contaminated and some even started dying. So in an, inve- an investigation was held and they went to find out what, what was the problem here, what, what's going on. They went up and down the river system. They couldn't see anything. So then they started sending divers in. And what they did was when they found at the opening, the divers found at the opening of the river system that a herd of pigs had fallen in and got wedged there and their decaying carcasses started contaminating the water supply. See, that's what unforgiveness can do. You know, it can start making you bitter. The resentment in your life can start building up like a seed. You put that bad seed, you let that unforgiveness, it'll grow. 60 to 70% of, this is why I Googled this, I just came across, 60 to 70% of cancer patients when interviewed, found, they were found that they had unforgiveness and unresolved anger in their hearts. You know, this could have happened when you were younger. But it's, time to, you know, it's, it's never too late for all that are still breathing, praise God. See, the, the, don't allow a foothold for the devil because when he, you allow a foothold to the devil, he'll turn around and make it a stronghold in your life. See, the, 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 there's keys in the Bible. The, you, know, the, uh, you know, the Bible is so much life in there. You've got to apply it. You know, in this era that we're living in, you know, count it all joy when you fall under trials and tribulations. I mean, please forgive me, 
it's a hard scripture to really, you know, to, to, to do right now, you know, count it all joy. Look, there's healing in forgiveness. See, Matthew 9 verse 2, if you know the story about the paralytic that was lying on the bed and they brought him into Jesus and Jesus said to the paralytic, uh, I'll read the scripture before I just say my own version. Then they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. See, the faith was with the friends that brought him into the in to see Jesus. The faith wasn't with the paralytic man. But the paralytic man, Jesus turns to him and says, Son, you, your sins are forgiven. See, his sin made him sick. And, and that's something that, you know, like, you know, we just sort of like brush away because forgiveness isn't a subject that we want to really open up, you know, I want to just read good things in the Bible. That's a good thing. You know, it brings you closer to God. It doesn't poison you. You know, in, you know, in my life now, if I, I mean, I think I've done what the scripture did, said about 490 times. I think I've done that in a day over seven, seven days, just at home. You know, I still got to go home. I'm sorry, guys at home. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? He forgives your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. See, there's also another story, which I won't go into detail, but one of the forgiveness, like how did he not touch on the prodigal son? You know, you know the story, the, the father gave one of the sons his inheritance and the son went out, squandered, partied and threw, threw the money against the wall virtually. But this is a part where it's interesting. When he comes back and the father forgives him, opens his arms up and says, my son is, is back. What was lost is now found. This is the interesting part. The other son comes out from the field and asks the servants, what's going on? And they say, oh, you, you know, you, you, your brother is back and he's, you know, he, he's seen the light sort of thing and he's forgiven. But he got offended at his father's forgiveness towards his other, his other brother. He said, how is it that you forgive him after he's done all these things? He squandered your, your inheritance and I've done the right thing in my life and you're having a party for him. What about me? And instead of going with his father to the party, he walked away. He was angry. And, and now he had an issue with unforgiveness. He couldn't forgive his father. You know, sometimes in life, things don't work out the way we hope for. And sometimes we're angry at God. God, what, what, why did COVID have to come? I've lost my business. I've lost my job. The relationship at home is, is terrible. All this started, you know, go to God. I don't have the answer for you. But I know one thing, Jesus is the way maker. He's the God of the impossible that can make things possible. And, and this is where we're supposed to walk by faith. You know, he in Joseph, he had a dream and that dream was enough for him to keep him through every circumstance in life. 
We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We can pray. I want to um, share a testimony of a couple in America. Don't hold me to what time this was. It could have been two, three decades ago I read this story. There was, a, there was a couple, and I'll, I'll say this because it's quite powerful. There was a couple that were Christians, and they had a 13-year-old son, and they finished from church, and they were going into town. As they approached town, the shop that they were going to go into, the 13-year-old boy turns around and says, Mum, Dad, I just want to go into that convenience store like a 7-Eleven. I just want to get some lollies. And they said, okay, son, we're just next door. When he walks into that convenience store, a 16-year-old youth just decides to come in and rob it. Things went wrong, a gunshot goes off, and the 13-year-old boy gets shot and he dies. Now, what would that do to you? You're a Christian. You just lost your son. You lost your loved one. God, I just came out of church. You know, I follow you now. I've lost my son. You know, what kind of pain would you have to process? You know, some people, you know, unforgive one another over a few Monopoly games and they don't talk to each other. How powerful is this that now you're a Christian, you've lost your son. Anyway, they go to court, the judge reads out to, to the, to the um, perpetrator, he says, look, um, you've been in and out of foster homes, you don't have a mother or a father, the list of offences you, you have had is, you know, longer than, you know, that I can read. So the husband and wife, when they went to do their victim impact statements, they turned around and said, Your Honour, we've lost our son, but what we want to do is we want to adopt this boy. So they adopt him and, 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 and now they take him as their own son. I mean... What kind of a powerful thing? I mean, you would be standing there saying, you know, if I had a gun, I'd shoot him dead. But what kind of a, a, a couple can turn around and say, I'll adopt him as my own son? See, that's powerful because this couple had a relationship with Jesus. They knew the love of God in their life. Sure, they weren't going to see their son, that one day they're going to go see him in heaven, but they take this guy as their own. Not only does he become their son, but he becomes born again. He's forgiven of his sins and he goes to do great things for the Lord and brings many, many thousands of people to God. So, you know, like, let's let's see the 10,000 talents that God has forgiven us about, the 100 million. Let's forgive one another. Let's walk in love with one another. See, people can only do that through the love of God, abiding in God. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your comforter and teacher. Praise God. I mean, I'm I'm sort of at the end of my sharing of the word here, but let me just say to you, forgive. Is there somebody today you have to forgive? Maybe you've got to forgive yourself. Of some 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 of the decisions that you've made in your life, but no one thing, you know. I know one thing. I had to forgive myself for many decisions I've I've made wrong in my life, but I know there's a there's a person I can trust, which is Jesus. 
I can look to him. Today, make a decision. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Obey God's word. I want to give you an opportunity today. I'm going to pray. I could go on and tell you some more testimonies, but I think we just stopped there. And I just want to give you an opportunity today to open your heart up and ask Jesus for a new day. His mercies are new every day. Come repent. Father, I'm sorry for the way I've behaved. Sorry for the way I haven't trusted you. You know, living in fear is sin too. It's the opposite of faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, I forgive. I thank you, Lord, for your healing. You know, you can be at home, you can have communion with God. Get a piece of bread and a glass of water and take that and bring it to the Lord and say, Father, I I do this in memory of you, that, Father, that you've healed and set me free. Right now, I just want to pray. Lord, I've said enough that I had to say, but, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that everyone that's listening out there, that, Lord, you touch them right now. Holy Spirit and ministering angels, go forth. Go forth, Lord God, and just minister to their hearts. Thank you, Jesus, and their families. I thank you and praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. It's so easy to just love Jesus, to just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Saviour. Let him be your Lord in this particular climate in your life. You know, we've got nowhere to go. We're at home. Have a fresh revelation. Have a, let, your, let, let, let the death of forgiveness go and be revived in Christ. Love Jesus. It's so great to be able to share the word with you. I just thank you and praise you for, for everything, Lord Jesus. And I, I, know, I know it touched your hearts. And I know things, you know, God's got a plan and a purpose for all of us. You know, you look at Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans and purposes. But you have to go to him. You have to abide in him to know those plans and purposes. Look, I just want to say have a great Sunday. I'm going to re- return this to Yvonne, a man of faith. When the, when the sound went, he stepped up in faith and shared some psalms. Um, Bless you all. Have a great Sunday.